Got a name for Fridays around these parts. Ryan Day continues here in the Sports Pen on ESPN UP with me, Tanner Hoops. Glad that you're along. Joined as always by the esteemed Mr. Ryan Steak of the Mining Journal. What's up, Ryan? Esteemed. I like that. Isn't that nice? Have you <laughs> yeah. ever been called that before? I, I've never been called esteemed in my life. Well, you deserve that. Well, I, that's that's nice. <laughs> it's gloomy weather out there, so the, the, that's a that's a bright ray of sunshine for this. Amidst year. the snowy, white, fluffy flakes that are coming down all around yeah, us. Yeah, the, the flakes are big. Roads aren't great. No. It's, uh, so... Basically, be safe out there is what I'm trying to tell you. You know, I love doing basketball games. I love going to games, what have you. I hate driving there, like, in winter. Like, a home game for me is 30 minutes, you know, trying to get to Westwood. Last night was perfect because that was the one time this season where I travel less than the team does. You know, the game was here in Marquette. So now it's a trip out to Westwood to take on Manistique, which, by the way, is going to be here in ESPN. You pee tonight, 7-15 tip. But I tell you what, Ryan, Manistique didn't even have school today. Because so many kids there are sick. Like, I've heard of school getting canceled for a lot of other reasons, whether it's re- uh, weather-related or not. But just so many kids get sick that the teachers say, okay, we don't have enough students. It's we're even pa- worth we'll, teaching class today. We'll, we'll pack it in for today. That I, is what Manistique dealt with today. I, yet we're still having a basketball game. I, I, I'm a little surprised by that. Uh, usually if a school I, – I always think it's funny when a school – cancels classes mm. and then they still play a game that night but this is <laughs> this is new i, mm-hmm. I mean, not when like the entire school's wiped out by disease mm-hmm. <laughs> that you're still finding a way to put it play a basketball game so i guess kudos to them for driving all the way out here but uh hopefully it'll be a decent game either uh, way yeah. i'm excited for yeah it, it should be yeah it, it should be at least competitive manistique's better than their record i mean they're two and eleven but they've been in competitive uh ball games before they're better than their record and you know i i would think westwood should win this game it won't be as easy as it might look on paper yeah it, uh it, that's what i'm saying i think it's it's gonna be a scrappy game i think westwood's gonna have to i think they'll pull away eventually but i wouldn't be surprised if at least through the first half it's you know it's Maybe less than maybe less than double digits is what I'm saying. I tell you what, we got a lot to get to here over the course of the next hour. We've got hockey and basketball as it relates to Northern Michigan basketball with a couple nice wins last night and a major record fell. Plus, they're going to play again tomorrow. And then we've got hockey starting an ultra important series this weekend in the uh, WCHA. We've got Ryan here to break that down with us. Plus, the NBA All Star rosters and why one is just going to blow the doors off the other the way it was drafted. <laughs> Plus, the Friday funnies, all that and more coming up over the course of the next hour. It's a full show. It is a full show. Always is. <laughs> yeah. We always manage to squeeze it into an hour. Yeah. But I tell you what, let's start with basketball last night, Ryan. You saw it firsthand. The Northern Hoops team sweep a doubleheader from Parkside, a team that swept us when we went there to Parkside earlier in the season. The men get a win 55-43, and the women take down Parkside 60-55. It was uh, The men's game was... An interesting game. It was kind of a game of spurts. Uh, it wasn't included in my recap. Again, shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't read it in the paper today, but uh, um, Matt, uh, Matt, Matt, the head coach of the men's team, mm-hmm. said that his assistant coach described it as the weirdest game, yeah. and, it, and it was in a way because it was like Parkside started off well, Northern rallied to tie it and took the lead at the half. Mm-hmm. Then Parkside starts the second half well. Northern rallies. <laughs> Northern fights its way and gets back on track. And it was just, it was odd. Mm-hmm. It was just how both teams were hot for a stretch and then cooled off and then went back to me. It was, it was an interesting game. Of course, Miles Howard was the highlight. Uh, set the blocks record. Had three blocks in the night. Uh, Two hundred and thirteen now in his career. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty impressive record Love for that. him. Uh, you know, of all the records that people pay attention to, you know, like rebounds, points scored, you know, stuff like that, mm-hmm. you don't think blocks no. a whole lot, but it just shows how dominant he's been here. I mean, that's like, Miles is known for being a defensive guy, and that I mean, Miles is Miles is a player that if you're going to get 10 or 12 points out of him, that's a great game for mm-hmm. him, but he's a defensive stopper. He controls the paint really well, and... Block shots is his thing, and uh, that was a great moment for him. Of course, Sam Taylor got his 1,000-point last weekend. Mm-hmm. He was honored before the game. Uh, they've been their two key players, their seniors. Um, and, you know, Matt said that they, you know, were part of a bad team to start their career. Mm-hmm. They 
turned it into a decent team. Then last year, a really good team. Now they're supposed to take a step back. Weren't they predicted to finish last? They were. In the North. So, and right now, they're still in contention of a home playoff game mm-hmm. in the first round. So it's just, it shows how big of a role they played in there. And uh, it was just, it was a, it was a fun game to be a part of. And a good bounce back for the men after a really disappointing week last weekend. They got two top 30 wins the previous week. Then they dropped two in the row that I don't know if they should have won both of them. They should have at least come out with a win on paper. But then they come back here and they take down a Parkside team that really throttled the Cats last time when we went down there. And it was a night and day difference this time around. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just a great rebound from a game that was very disappointing uh matt said that when they went down there that they weren't ready to play Mm. that's kind of stuck in the back of their minds that that should have been a win when they went down there but they just didn't get them down there so now they had a goal to get it finish the job uh alec fruin had a great night i mean like the spotlight was on miles and sam but alec fruin had 17 points he was hitting some big shots for them um seems like a lot of guys contributed to get that win and uh that was just they needed that Mm -hmm. now they got a game starting against purdue northwest that by all logic should be a victory it should because purdue northwest is having a disaster season but you know, I, I talked to Miles and Sam, and they said they're not look, overlooking them. This is the GLIAC. Any team can beat anybody in the GLIAC, so they're they're focused and confident right now. Meanwhile, on the women's side of things, they actually scored more points than the men did last yes. night. It's kind of a rarity, but they win 60-55, to 55, albeit it is their staple, their defense, that ends up proving to be the difference maker. The yes, it's uh, both teams pride themselves on defense, which, as you can see with the men, holding them to 43 points, whereas on the women's side, you know, Troy Matson said that if we can hold them to 50, mm. you know, we have a great chance to win. They held them to 55 and still found a chance to win. They, uh, they're hurting, and I've said that in my previous week by week. They're, they've been hit hard by injuries. They're kind of just limping along right now. Jessica Schultz has had to put the team basically on her back right mm-hmm. now and try to carry them, but she's playing, like, insanely well. She's scoring more than 20 on a regular basis at 23 last night. She's I mean, she was impressive to watch. Like, she would be in the paint and would just find an opening. And what you need to do as a senior is being able to have vision on the floor. You can score points as much as you want, but you got to be able to tell, okay, they're running this defense right now. I can see where I need to go. Mm-hmm. And that's what she did. I mean, she would be like, okay, they're doing a zone and then she would quick find her spot and drive in the lane. It was uh, it was pr- it was fun. She was a D one recruit. I'm not sure where she was being considered, but uh, Troy had a fun joke in that post game. He said uh, she came here, she wanted to play here, and he said it must have been my charming personality, <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't include in the paper. But that was uh, that was the joke of the press conference, and uh, it was it was a good game. I would say. The men's game was fun because it was like weird in its own way, whereas mm-hmm. the women's game came down to the wire. Um, the women held on late. Uh, Liz Letts and Jessica made their free throws down the stretch. Um, I thought they had it secure, uh, you know, in the last two minutes, cause, actually the last five minutes, because they held Parkside scoreless for <laughs> until like the last like 54 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then they hit that big three, which got them within two. And, you know, Northern had to hit their free throws, which is what you expect your um, senior like Schultz to do or a veteran like Liz Lutz. So they finished the job. Again, they played Northwest, which, again, should be a win. Their women's team is having a bad year. So, but Troy even Troy said that you, you can't take a night off. This mm-hmm. is a time of the year where you can't afford to lose. Northern right now is potentially their one game out mm-hmm. of first place right now. So when if one of those two teams, if both those two teams in front of them lose, Northern could jump into a tie of first place right now. And for a team that's hit hard as badly as they are by injuries, that's an accomplishment. I tell you what, if fans have been to the Barry Event Center and they've seen the three flags in the south corner of the arena, you've got the American flag, the Canadian flag. This year we have the Spanish flag. It used to be the Finnish flag with Ate Tolvanen. He's no longer enrolled in the school. He's off, you know, playing hockey professionally. So now we have the Spanish flag down there. And that's actually to honor some players on the women's basketball team, one being Elena Lennox, who to me, maybe not statistically, but maybe had her most impactful game in a Wildcat uniform last night. Very much. She, uh, 
you know, she's... Troy was really hyped up on her. Um, I think she has a lot of potential. I think this is first year. I mean, you're coming in, you're trying to understand a system. She was a, she went to D, she was D one basketball and took down and she's going to D two. She's trying to figure out the system. D two is a little different in playing game, so she's getting in the swing. She's gotten a lot better as you come along. She hit some big shots. She's become kind of like, I mean, Schultz is by far their go to player right mm-hmm. now. Aaron is. A, supposed to be back next week that's what they're hoping Mm -hmm. so then they'll have two post players but elena is very much a swing um player she can shoot from the perimeter she can drive the lane she's kind of a multi-tool player um so there's some potential there michaela kuhn um which i love that first name because i thought when she first saw the roster i thought it was michaela Mm -hmm. and it's actually michaela so um but she's She's been hit hard by injuries, but she's fighting through it. Um, she's, you know, Troy was saying at the start of the year that, you know, she had to run the point, which is not typically her thing. Mm. And if you're, I mean, as much as you think it's basketball, it's like it's not, you know, all you can play anywhere. It's like if you're going from shooting guard or small forward to point, mm. that's not an easy adjustment no. to make. So it took her a little while, but she's really done pretty well. I mean, Amber Hubner's battling sickness, of course. She had the flu for like two weeks. But, uh, you know, she's kind of getting back on track. Uh, so if everybody can get back <laughs> to where they were, Northern's going to be pretty good in the stretch. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig with you recapping Northern basketball from last night. A pair of wins over Parkside as they get set to welcome Purdue Northwest tomorrow. Let's take our first time out. We'll transition to hockey and preview this weekend's series next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad that you're along. We have got Northern Michigan hockey to break down. The guys are out of town this weekend taking on Mankato, Minnesota. Before we do that, though, 24 hours, Ryan, until the XFL kicks off. You ready? I am prepared, as I said on Twitter, <laughs> to be underwhelmed. This is going to be either a shockingly good experience or what I expect, and it's a very underwhelming. Hey, I'm game. keeping an open mind. I'm really? excited for it. Yeah. I, I watched the XFL when it first came around and it was so depressingly <laughs> bad that I'm just I have very low expectations coming into this. So if they actually have a competitive game and a good experience, I'll raise them, but it's like I Usually in life, I go in with an open mind, mm. but it was so bad the first time around. <laughs> I'm just like if they can play competent football, that's a good selling point. You're not excited to watch Cardell Jones battle Philip Walker or that other quarterback, I forget, is in it's like Silvers or something. He used to be a pro bowler, not like a pro bowler, but like a professional bowler, and now he's playing quarterback. This is like, I, I wasn't old enough to remember this, but a lot of people tell me, it's like, remember when there was the strike in 87 mm-hmm. and they got the scabs into play where it was like just guys like from random jobs mm-hmm. to play football in the NFL? I feel like that's what the XFL is. Oh, you're a pro bowler? Come play quarterback. Gene Hackman should coach it. Yeah, the, the replacements. replacements. Yeah, that, I feel like that's what the XFL is. He just turned 90 the other day, by the way. Yeah. Hey, happy birthday, I did Norman not know, Dale. Uh, yeah, Norman Dale. The world's worst basketball coach. Oh, no, no, no. He was. I love Norman Dale. I, I hate Norman Dale. Why? Because he's so bad. He I want to call him. He won a state him. title. It wasn't because of his own ability. It's because of Jimmy Chitwood. <laughs> because of Jimmy Chitwood. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, okay, here, I can't be the only one who thinks this. Does Norman Dale not remind you of Thad Mata? No way. Yeah. Doesn't he? To me, it's just like a spitting image. Who got to a championship game because of Greg Oden? Basically. <laughs> yes. Isn't you know? that sad? Yeah. Greg Oden carries you to a championship game. game. And now I don't know what either of them are doing anymore. Uh, what is Greg Oden doing with uh, his What's life? Thad Mata doing anymore? It's, does he have a job? Is he I, I don't know. I feel like he could get a job uh, if he wanted think, one. Yeah. You know, maybe like a smaller D1 school. But Jim like, Calhoun has a new job. Did you see that? I did not. He's coaching Division three basketball out in New England. Well, I, I, the New England thing fits, but I would have thought, like, again, small school, maybe, I whatever. It's better for him than broadcast was. Yeah, broadcasting and probably with his recruiting issues, probably a better fit for him. <laughs> Tell you what, Northern Michigan on the road this weekend, a crucial 
WCHA series at Minnesota State of Mankato. Well, Ryan, if you look at them, statistically they are top five in almost every major category as a team, whether that be on special teams, both ends of that, offense, defense, goaltending. They've got arguably the best goaltender in the country. Uh, is McKay a favorite for the Richter Award, or would you consider him at least a candidate right now? I would say he's probably the favorite yeah. for it. He's just having a great year overall. He's the best goalie in the conference. Um, Just... He can steal games for you. If by some chance, and it, um, Mankato is struggling offensively, which is insanely rare, mm-hmm. he can get them a victory. And uh, it's he's fun to watch. I think people saw that when they were up here. Um, obviously, I know people were pulling for Northern, but if you wanted to watch good hockey, mm-hmm. Mankato fits the bill. They're just this is the most complete Mankato team. I've been watching them for a long time and they've been good, but this is just a great team. This is a team that there's they're a program that chokes in the tournament every year. This right. is the first year where I could say they might get past the first round. <laughs> they might actually hold on to a lead, you know, if they're up by 3, they might not blow it. So uh this is uh, they're a good team. Now, I know Northern doesn't want to hear this because they've dealt with the same thing, but I know Mankato was dealing with the injury bug this week and you know the last couple of weeks too. I think they do have Napravnik back. Julian Napravnik, I yep. think, is going to play. Do we know if Michalis is going to play? From what I hear, he is. He is. Um, we'll see how. Because that's huge. <laughs> if yeah, he is, if he's a hundred percent. That's uh, hey, I'll take a fifty percent ahead. What he yeah, can do, what that guy uh, brings. I would say Michalis is. Scoring wise, he's second to Lockern right now in the league. It's mm-hmm. just they're very. He's probably Lockern came out of nowhere this year. Yep. I thought he was going to have a decent year, but he's having the best, just a phenomenal season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michaelis was predicted to win Player of the Year this year, and he's played up to it. I mean, he's he's struggling with injuries right now, but he's just a good all around player. And uh, if he even plays at eighty percent, mm-hmm. you know, he's just he's fearsome to watch it. Uh, Northern's going to have their hands full all weekend, and it's not easy to win in Mankato. Mm-hmm. It's just flat out not. And But Northern has shown they can beat Mankato. They're one of the few teams that has beat Mankato mm-hmm. and looked good defensively a- against them. Um, that game, I mean, you look at the score and you're like 2-1, what? You know, was that really that good of a game? But it was. It was, mm-hmm. it was you wondered how long it was going to take until Mankato tied it. Um, I was actually... Not to sound negative, but I was waiting for them to tie it just because they put, especially in the third period, so much pressure in the defensive zone for Northern that you were just wondering if it was just a, just waiting for a moment like that. But Northern shut them down, and it's going to be a very good series. If Northern can steal a game down there, that'd be huge. Right now, mm-hmm. Mankato looks like they're going to win the conference, but Bemidji's nipping at their heels. Northern still... Uh, it's a very slim chance to mm-hmm. get first place, but they could definitely finish in second, but they got to stay hot that they are. Well, and Bemidji comes to town and next that, weekend. That was, you could say the Mankato series to end Christmas, the Mankato series now, and the Bemidji series next week are probably their three biggest series of the year for Northern. Ryan, here's a one-question, love it or shove it. The biggest key to Northern coming away with points this weekend at Mankato will be staying out of the penalty box. Oh, very much so. Very much loving that. <laughs> Northern, Northern is struggling with penalties all year. I don't get why it's such an issue for them because um, they've never been this bad mm. getting staying in the penalty box, So um, at least during the Grand Petone era. No. So it's just... I don't know what's going on. I know Grant is, as we can tell, he may not outright say it, but you can tell he's frustrated with the penalties. They shouldn't be spending this much time in the box. But if they can avoid that, and it's tough because you're going to have to put a lot of defensive pressure on that, and you might get called for penalties. But if they can avoid that and just play good defense, they should have a decent weekend. Even if they end up getting swept by Mankato, if they can look competitive, it's not the end of the world. Is it a coincidence that the top four teams in the country in terms of most penalty minutes are all from this conference? That's weird. <laughs> Normally, it's Northern, Anchorage, Ferris, I forget the other one. It's probably Fairbanks. It could be Fairbanks. <laughs> yeah. It could be. I just, well, Anchorage and... <laughs> It's penalty minutes because they're so bad. It's like they could be actually halfway decent. They could stay out of the box. Right. But I feel like they, they're, we're bad, so if we act physical, that'll keep us in mm-hmm. the game. But then they end up p- taking penalties. And then Ferris is just 
Ferris is rebuilding right now. Mm-hmm. They had that stretch this last two, three years where they've just been bad. But I feel like last week, I actually thought they were better than what their record said. I think Ferris is... They could sneak in and get that A spot in the playoffs. And I think if they get that, that's something they can build on for next year. I think they're going to be better next year. Mankato, conversely, is 27th in the country in penalty minutes, so they're right about in the middle. <laughs> but you compare these two teams on paper, at least they're... Uh, they're each player or each team's representative, I should say, who spends the most time in the box. For Northern, it's Hank Sorensen. He's leading the country at 92 penalty minutes. No one on Minnesota State has more than 35. That's almost a full game. That's almost a full game difference between Sorensen and Spooner, who leads the Mavericks in penalty minutes. It's. I'm not sure what Hank's deal is this year. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know what his thing is, because they've told him you can't hit people like he is. Mm-hmm. He got suspended for a game because he can't stop taking majors and game misconducts. So he I don't know what his problem with I think Griffin's thing, who's second in penalty minutes, mm-hmm. is just he's just he's a really physical forward and he loves to goad guys into committing penalties mm-hmm. and usually he ends up getting a penalty himself because he's goading people into doing penalties. Um so it's it's a mixed bag with Locker, and he's so fun to watch offensively, but you're just wondering, is he going to commit a penalty? Hank Sorensen is almost a guarantee he's going to commit a penalty. I mean, last week, I was thinking, well, he just got suspended Friday. He's going to play a cleaner game. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be in the box just because, you know, he's finally back in the starting lineup. You know, it's like you want to not screw up, and he ends up being in the penalty box. So it's like... Clockwork. You know, and he is a talented player. He's got talent. I watched him for three years in the USHL when he was with Waterloo, I believe. He's a talented player. I just don't know that he knows how to play any other way than physical. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if it's going to be an off-season work thing, but I have a feeling Grant's going to emphasize once the season's over that if you're going to be in the lineup next year, you can't make the mistakes that you're making this year. So thankfully, Northern is so good offensively, they can get past that. But special teams are going to be key this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been overly clear that Northern is struggling on the power play. And Grant has said they're passing it to the net. I mean, we talked about last week. When I watch Northern on the power play, it's pass, 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 maybe a shot. Yep. And then the other team clears it. they got to come back. Four passes. I mean, that's the Norman Dale philosophy. <laughs> 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 is how many passes you can complete before you shoot. So that doesn't apply to hockey. So I'm hoping that they can get more potent as they were at the start of the year. They were mm-hmm. so good on the power play. Now they're so bad. And uh, avoid penalties tonight. And they've been really good five-on-five, five, keep that going, and they got to get something on the power play. How many times are we going to pass the ball before we shoot? Four. 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 Are you sitting on the bench, Ray? Yeah. And then if you make your shot, I'm going to get so upset with you, <laughs> I'm going to make you sit, and I'm going to put four players on the floor. My team's on the floor. Four. I love that. Moron. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> Come on. I he can, won a state title. No. By Jimmy Chitwood. Oh, I'm gonna yeah, play. but he recruited him. Jimmy Chiwa joined. The, he didn't recruit him. He Jimmy Chiwa, did. No, he didn't. He tried to. He, he left him alone. Jimmy Chiwa joined the team out of his own accord and saved Norman Dale from getting fired. Well, he would have recruited him if it wasn't for Barbara Hershey. Uh, yes, yeah. very much so. Mm. But Norman Dale, if you want to prove how Norman Dale is so bad at his job, it's the end of the game. They're setting up a buzzer beater, and rather than give it to by far the best player <laughs> on the floor, he's just like, all right. They're going to expect in this, so we're going to run a decoy play. <laughs> and the whole team is just looking at him like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and then it's just, I've been sitting there going, it's just, it's such a good movie. And it's just, he's such a bad coach. I'll make it. I'll make I'll it. Make and, it then, coach. and then he does. So it's like, he, he makes Norman Dale look smart, <laughs> even though he was dumb. I just, there you go. I wrote an entire column two years ago about how bad Norman Dale is. Please dig that up. I, I want to read it. I will. I will read it. I want to read that so bad. Yes. Hoosiers is maybe my favorite movie of all time. I might watch that tonight now that you got me all hot and bothered for it. <laughs> yeah, you should. After, as soon as the Westwood game's over, go watch Hoosiers. <laughs> we are coming up on the bottom of the hour. Let's take our next time out. We'll talk about the NBA All-Star rosters and 
why one team is just lined up for the slaughter next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're with us here on The Sports Pen. Here's your Sports Center update. The Boston Red Sox are playing to hire Ron Renicky as their next manager pending the outcome of Major League Baseball's sign-stealing investigation. Commissioner Rob Manfred hopes to have the investigation completed by next week. Brewer fans are laughing right now. Oh, yeah. Laughing at the Red Sox. Yeah. Ron Renicky. The Red Sox just, it seems like now, after winning a title two years ago, they're just like, Let's throw it all away. We could wait another hundred some years. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like so many enraged people in Boston, which I think is hilarious because Boston shouldn't be upset over anything sports related in no. like thirty years. But it's fun to watch it because it's just like they're going haywire. If I, if if you worked at WEEI, you would have content for probably the next three months <laughs> just because on the what the Red Sox are doing. What a terrible week for Red Sox fans. They think they're getting rid of Mookie Betts and David Price or some oh, kind yeah. of medical thing holding that up right now, but that'll probably happen. And then they hire Ron Renneke. Like They just make it clear, <laughs> we do not care about Red Sox baseball I, I for the compl- next I have, how long. I have packed it in completely at this point. <laughs> Hedge fund billionaire Steve Cohen is no longer attempting to buy the New York Mets. However, team CEO Fred Wilpon is still actively shopping the team. You want to buy the Mets? It's out there. It's up for sale. I'll give them 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> they're not worth more than that. No, no, they're not. And finally, it is against the law to kill Bigfoot in British Columbia. A former governor of the Canadian Territory was rumored to have declared that killing the Sasquatch is illegal. The decree is recognized, though, as law because Bigfoot is considered wildlife, and in British Columbia, all wildlife is property of the government. Huh. How about that? So if you see Bigfoot and you're out in British Columbia, you're heading over to have a drink with Justin Morneau or something at his summer home, <laughs> then uh, you probably should just let Bigfoot go if he comes along your path. Well, can you capture Bigfoot? Uh, it only says kill. You can't okay. kill Bigfoot. So if, if you, you trap Bigfoot and like like it's your makeshift trap, mm-hmm. it was as long as you don't kill him, it's all okay. As long as he doesn't die from it. If like if it, well, let's say it's one of those bear traps or whatever, and he like bleeds out or something, you get an artery or something. Okay. Then I, maybe that's manslaughter. Well, like, do you remember remember in Star Wars: Return of the Jedi where it's like a big net? I didn't like watch Star Wars. Oh man. <laughs> You watch Norman Dale, but you don't watch Star Wars. I like anyway, basketball. It's uh, there's okay. So there's a scene where they walk on, and a net just pops up and springs mm-hmm. them up in the air. If you do that to Bigfoot, I mean, he ain't gonna, he's not going to starve in there. Sure. I mean, you can just say, "Hey, you can film him. Hey, look what I did. <laughs> I captured him." And then you could like take him to a zoo or something. Do you or, think a net would hold Bigfoot? I think if you made it strong enough. I feel he, like you need to use trank guns. And then, yeah, after you trap him, then use a trank gun. I think that would be the way I would try to capture Bigfoot. Although we don't even know if he's in British Columbia. We don't know if he's real. I mean, Pacific Northwest, that's a pretty wide range. Right. (laughs) I mean, maybe he's ventured out to the Yukon. That's where I would think more of, like, if I was thinking Bigfoot. First it would be the Yukon, then it'd be, like, Tibet, and then maybe British Columbia. I would think in the summer months... Wait, wait. In the winter, I feel like he's moving south just to be in a temperate climate, like mm. Washington, Oregon. Okay. But then when the summer happens, he moves north, and he's even harder to find. Mm. So I feel like if you're going to spot him, do it in the winter because he's going to be more in a populated area. I'm going to like lay out a trap of like Jack Leek's beef jerky, <laughs> just like put it all around this net and cover it with leaves. I don't ever like see it coming. I just. Isn't that the weirdest commercial? <laughs> I love those commercials. <laughs> they, I mean, they're great commercials, but it's just so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so what? easy for them to find Bigfoot. Uh huh. I, I, I guess beef jerky is the key. I can honestly say that I have never bought a pack of beef jerky and then brought it out into the woods. So maybe that's why. I always eat it before I go anywhere. Like I, I don't even go to the woods. I just get it and then I eat it. I would say. That would be the tactic to use. If you can save just one piece, mm-hmm. like eat the entire bag except for it and leave one piece and just mm-hmm. throw it on the ground or like hide it in a bush, <laughs> I think you'd be able to get it. How good is beef jerky, though? Beef jerky's good. I love beef jerky. I might pick some up here on the way out to Westwood. So eat beef jerky, cover a game, go watch Hoosiers. <laughs> you, got your ni- you, got your ni- you got your night planned right it's there. It's pretty darn good Friday night. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, last night the NBA All-Star Draft occurred, Team LeBron and Team Giannis. I wonder if Giannis knows something that we don't, 
or he's just prepared to line his team up like some sacrificial lambs. Because did you see those rosters? I mean, I this did. this isn't fair on paper, but maybe Giannis knows something we don't in the sense that maybe this will be the one all-star game a team plays defense and tries. Ooh. They've got some good defenders on Giannis's team. That if they try mm-hmm. and play defense, they could keep up with They that. actually could. I mean, you look at these rosters. Here are how the the results of the draft came out. LeBron picked first. He took Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. no surprise, as a Laker teammate. Giannis went with Joel Embiid, and I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess he's probably not the guy I would have taken mm-hmm. next, but sure, he's not bad. And then LeBron got Kawhi. So okay. it's already LeBron already and Kawhi. Is, yeah. And then Giannis picked up Pascal Siakam. Fine. Okay. But still not, not maybe what you who I'd expected, take there. Yeah. And then Luka Doncic joins LeBron, AD, and Kawhi. And I'm already thinking, oh, my gosh. And then uh, LeBron takes Kemba Walker because he jokingly said he wants somebody who will pass the ball. And that left James Harden, who went to LeBron, and Trey Young for Giannis. So LeBron's starting lineup is LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, and James Harden. That team, if they don't score 200, it will be a failure. Do you feel like if they like played defense and it was more of a competitive game, more people would watch? I don't know, honestly. I feel like if that tried, because the big flaw that a lot of people don't like the NBA is that nobody plays defense. Mm-hmm. So maybe if that happened, you mm-hmm. could get more people to watch. I it's wonder. Just- you know, and this this lineup that Giannis has, I mean, it's Embiid, Giannis, Siakam, Kemba, and Trey Young. I mean, there's some scores there, but there's some really good defenders there as well. And if they want to make this the one All Star game where someone tries on defense, yeah. it could be interesting. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm intrigued more now mm-hmm. because that's what the that's it seems like the tactic is. Mm-hmm. So uh, normally I maybe would have watched for five minutes, but I want to see if he can hold on and play defense if it goes better for him. The rest of the lineups, the reserves for Team LeBron, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and Dom Sabonis. For Team Giannis, Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. There's some good defenders even on that bench. Bam Adebayo. Can you imagine if it was a game where it was like 90 to... 85. I could not imagine that. I don't think it will be like that. <laughs> I don't think it will either, but like, just imagine if that was like the one year where people actually tried. I wonder if that's what they're doing, you know, and that would actually be more enticing to me. Like, I get why they're doing the new scoring rules and everything to honor Kobe and his daughter. I get that. It still doesn't interest me enough to really want to pay attention to the no. NBA All-Star game. This might, though, <laughs> to actually see like the highest caliber offense go up against the highest caliber defense... Yeah, that might interest me. It's like the Super Bowl of All-Star games. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. You could turn it into something. Mm -hmm. Because here, defense in the NBA, that's more interesting to me than good defense in the NFL. It just is. Huh. Well, because it's so rare. Exactly. And you can see it that way. Mm -hmm. We don't ever get to see this. I mean, it's like, what interests you more? You know, seeing the sunrise or seeing a solar eclipse? Definitely the eclipse. Exactly, because it doesn't come around nearly as often. Mm -hmm. It's like defense in the NBA. Yeah. So that's why I'm a little more excited for the All-Star okay, game. Okay, I like that argument. Yeah, so that's kind of my philosophy going toward the All-Star game. So even though Giannis would make just an awful GM by all accounts, <laughs> which is which is fine because he's got a very long, lucrative career as a basketball player going forward, I'm never going to hire him to be the GM of my team. Like, he's going to do as well as Magic Johnson did with the Lakers. Wow. Remember that, <laughs> that brief period of time of the disaster that was? That was wow. terrible. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, but it looks like Giannis is going to be uh, – going to be a good ball player executive wise i don't know seems like when nba greats but turn into management roles it mm-hmm. doesn't really work out that well who is the last one that you can think of like elton brand put together a good roster in philadelphia but they're not getting better under brett brown i attribute a lot of that to brett brown but elton brand put together a good roster do you remember when jordan owned the bobcats yeah and what a disaster that mm-hmm. was. And then you have Isaiah Thomas was involved <laughs> in some sort of management things. Uh, I, I really can't think of one that was actually overly successful. Maybe Jerry West. How about, How about Danny Jerry Ainge? West? Okay. Like, yeah. yeah. Recent history, that's more of an issue. West and Ainge, although Ainge is a terrible draft guy. No, Like, yeah, he builds all of his... He can get trades and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, he builds <clears throat> it through free agency, through trading, but, what, he's only selected one all-star in the draft since 2003? Wow. 
I mean, he's somehow been a good general manager, and he's done a good job. Other than that, though, I can't think of anybody who's actually been a former player and has drafted well. I don't know if that's exclusive to basketball, though. If you think throughout like all sports, I mean, John Lynch is an exception. He just put together a Super Bowl team, what should have been a Super Bowl champion team. Very much so. Matt Millen. Matt Millen. <laughs> Lions fans will forever hate Matt oh, Millen. Oh, boy. I think uh, there's a lot of people Lions fans are forever going to hate. <clears throat> yeah, but I would say at him, probably at the very, very top, mm-hmm. because how do you draft like wide receivers in the first round for like four years in a row? How is that even possible? <clears throat> That's like the Al Davis philosophy. When were you <clears throat> were you aware that Al Davis's thing for the longest time was find the fastest guy in the draft mm. and just draft that guy? Why not? I mean, just I mean, I remember when Darius Hayward Bay mm-hmm. was drafted by the Raiders, and he had this party at his house. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a more dejected guy. In his <laughs> lo- like he's sitting there, like, well, I'm gonna make a lot of money, but I'm gonna play for a terrible <laughs> team. So, all right. I mean, he was like, he had a like half smile on his face, but he's just like. He knew what he was getting into and was not looking for it. My quarterback, Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, yeah, this Mm. is, I'm going to have a terrible three years here. (laughs) Hayward Bay. Oh, man. And who would have been coaching that time? Would have been Del Rio? It might have been. It might have been Del Rio. It could have even been Hugh Jackson. I don't know if Hugh Jackson ever got the chance to coach Darius Hayward Bay, but Uh, I can't imagine that would excite Darius too much. Yeah, yeah. I can't excite, it wouldn't excite me. It wouldn't excite, what's Hugh Jackson doing now? What I don't, I lose track of so many of these guys. He, wasn't, what wasn't he like being considered for a coaching job at some point? Yeah, I don't know why he or, would, but yeah, or like at, I think it might have been at the college level. I'm not sure where he would have been at. But mm. I don't know. I don't think he got any job. Though. Well, I I don't. I wouldn't imagine giving one to him. <laughs> I just I don't know. I, yeah, he hasn't done anything to make me think this is the guy that I want. I just I feel like the Browns are where you go if you want your career to die. Stefanski. Yeah, just be like okay. I mean. They just, nothing's good come out of that organization. Mm. I mean, you can get drafted there. You may have one decent year, but it's all downhill from that point. Kareem Hunt and Antonio Brown, I'm sorry, not Antonio Brown, Dell Beckham Jr. had to have sit-down meetings with Andrew Barry, the new 32-year-old GM of that team, to talk about how you conduct yourself to the Brown standard when you're out in public. And I'm like, is that good? Is that Something you want. What's you a brown standard? To be? <laughs> what is the standard? They've been such a mess for so long. Is it like not <clears throat> making a fool of yourself? Is mm-hmm. that really what it is? Well, none of them have really managed to not no, do no, that. Yeah, so it's like I there is no brown standard. It's like it's like when people say the Patriot way. Mm-hmm. So cheating, that's the way. Sure. <clears throat> I mean, that's I, I hate when people say the way mm-hmm. or the standard because it's like, I don't get it, what you're trying to say there. Do you think Matt Patricia is trying to instill the Patriot way? And um, by that, I'm talking about cheating in Detroit. Because if he is, he's probably the worst cheater in the world. It's like he's... It's like he may have learned something while he was there, but it wasn't good. No. Like, or it couldn't translate over to that. I mean, I've... I mean, everybody talks about the Belichick coaching tree, but it seems like as soon as they leave Mm -hmm. the Patriots, it's just... They can't put it together. And as I've said in the column before, the sign of things to come was Matt Patricia's awful defense against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. That was a sign of what was coming along for you. The Bill Belichick coaching tree is that little thing from Charlie Brown's Christmas. Ooh. Andy Reid's is a tall, mighty sequoia. Like what they what they what they were hoping to get for a Christmas exactly tree. yeah yeah that's the one that produces Eric Bieniemy and it produces yeah you know all these good coaches Coaches, that go on to have successful NFL careers as a head coach themselves. Uh, uh, Bill Belichick produces Matt Patricia, Josh Judge, Josh Josh McDaniels, Brian Flores. Still too early to tell. The jury's out on him. Will there ever be a successful like even his son? His son coaches the safeties there. But will <clears throat> will he ever be like his father? No, He's no. got a mullet. Did you ever expect anyone in the Belichick family to have a mullet? I don't think I expected Belichick to, you know, have a human side. <laughs> <laughs> like like he's half robot. Be a father, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Be a father to human children? children? Yeah. You know, like, wasn't there a Family Guy episode where he had a kid? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> he's throwing him up in the air, and the kid's like, we. 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 we hire like, daddy. daddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I feel like that was that was life for that kid growing that up. Honestly, probably was. I think they portrayed Bill Jack pretty yeah, very well. Very much so, yeah. Pre- pretty accurate. 
Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig with you. Let's take our last time out. Friday Funnies to finish off the week next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. From the Apple iStore, Google Play, or check out ESPNUP.com and get the on-demand there. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig with you. Glad you're along. Programming note, in 13 minutes, once we sign off here, we will have the re-airing of our Friday Coaches Show. Hear from your favorite coach and get their thoughts on how their seasons are progressing. That's coming up here once we sign off on the Sports Pen, our re-airing of it. And then tonight, 7 o'clock pregame, 7.15 tip, Patriot Boys Basketball at home with Manistique. I'll be there with a play-by-play, and it's my hope you join me. Tell you what, Ryan, we end every week with the Friday Funnies. What do you have this week? Well... There's so much Super Bowl stuff, and mm. we're going to start with the parade, because first, it was dwarfed by the Royals parade. Mm. Have you seen the clips? Oh, yeah. Like, the photos? It's, <clears throat> it seemed like people were more excited for the Royals winning a World Series than for the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, if you looked at the crowd shots. So that's sad enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but the antics there were just hilarious. Oh, yeah. There was the car chase, which has been talked about. There was a guy who was climbing in a tree whose pants were falling down while he was in the tree, fell out of the tree, and had to be carried off on a stretcher. <clears throat> There's, <clears throat> sorry, I'm battling a cold. Uh, Matt, Pat Mahomes spills beer on himself. Mm-hmm. What is it with quarterbacks being unable to chug beer? Right. Aaron Rodgers can't do it. Nope. Pat Mahomes apparently can't do it. He spilled like half of it on himself. Then he, another one, he throws a beer into the crowd. A guy goes out. It's like he's trying to do a post route. Mm-hmm. And there's one guy chasing after it, runs headlong into a parking meter, <laughs> and just goes down in a heap. And then there's another one where a guy showed up on a horse mm. in the crowd, smoked a joint <laughs> while on the horse, and then took off on the horse. It's, it Is was, that legal in Missouri? Any of that? Prob- probably not. I don't think it is. But I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know, when you hear about parades, it's pretty mild. Yeah, people drink, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some wacky stuff there. But as far as, like, we're going to make this a memorable affair <laughs> in, like, so many ways, that's what Chiefs fans did. And it was – and, of course, and then Travis mm, – Kelsey. Yeah, comes out, and he's a hockey fan, mm-hmm. played hockey, and he's like, I always wanted to drink out of the Stanley Cup. So he takes the Lombardi trophy, has someone pour beer on it, and he <laughs> drinks as it's cascading down the down the side of it, and he called it the Lombardi Luge. There is no place to put beer on the, or in no, the no, Lombardi what, trophy. Yeah, he you just got to pour it off yeah, of you it. you tip it up, and it's like you're drinking. <laughs> it's like you're drinking the Kermit the Frog tea yes. thing. It's basically what he's doing, and it's cascading into his mouth. It is the Chiefs went all out with their celebrations, and then his speech where mm. he sounded like Macho Man Randy <laughs> Savage. you got to fight for your right to Lombardi. Lombardi. I mean, it's just, I mean, he decided, I'm going to take my normal voice, and I'm going to bring it down like three <laughs> octaves, and go like, oh, yeah. And that was basically what he did. And uh, there's so many highlights from the Chiefs. And uh, I, I just, I didn't watch any of the parade, but if you just Google what happened there, it's a fascinating, fascinating Who, who did it better at their championship parade speech, Kelsey or Brett Hall? I think Brett, Kelsey tried to make it team-oriented, where mm. Brett Hall made it all about himself. <laughs> like... I, we I went blues, <laughs> and they tried to sing. Yeah, and I that think was I got your number, Gloria. That was just so sad, and it was a reminder that Brett Hull was once a relevant hockey player, <laughs> and has turned into a complete mess. He's one of my favorite hockey players <laughs> yeah, growing up. I mean, I love he was watching an American Brett Hero. Yeah, and it's just he's just a disaster, <laughs> as he showed in that uh, the blues clip. <laughs> um, and then. I got some other stuff here. Uh, Gritty is free. Gritty's free. Yes. After being accused of (laughs) punching a kid, he has now been cleared of all charges after being accused of assaulting a 13-year-old kid. Mm -hmm. And my favorite part of all this is people think Gritty is actually a person. It's it. They never named the guy in it. They never said the man who portrays Gritty. It's always been Gritty is under investigation. Not like Bob Jones, the guy in the suit. No. No, it's Gritty as a He's a physical being mm-hmm. attacked a kid. Yeah. And that's the best part of this is Gritty is free. Those are the headlines. Not the guy who was in the costume. No, Gritty, 
the mascot is free on all charges. That's that's the best part of that. Um, let's see. Were, have you ever seen the movie The Birds? The Birds is it like the Alfred, the Alfred Hitchcock one? I I think I have. I don't know. I. It might, I might have a while ago. I like scary movies. I kind of like some old-time okay, movies, okay. so I might so, have. The Birds is one of my favorite movies because <clears throat> it seemed like that's what happened in Texas. A mm. Texas shopping center had thousands of birds descend like the movie The Birds mm. on the shopping center in the parking lot. Mm. It was insane. It was like the movie had come to life, and their, <laughs> their dive-bombing cars is like, it's just crazy and you're like wow this was actually a real life birds incident i'd be terrified yeah so if like you don't like birds in Mm. any way like if you are terrified that would be your worst experience ever because they this gigantic mass came at you and they're (laughs) dive bombing at cars they're just swarming the area like bees Mm. and it's like everything's bigger than texas (laughs) Now you have swarms of birds are attacking you, and it was just—it's a crazy thing. Um, do you? Um, Julian Edelman is getting sad mm. and trying to recruit Tom Brady on Instagram. He tried to John Cusack say anything, takes a boombox. Julian's holding it up, trying to beg Tom Brady to be back, and it's like. I'm nothing without you. That's basically what Julian is saying. There's no way I would be a star receiver if it wasn't for you. And it's it's so sad to look at it because it's like you could you're nothing without that guy. It's like and now you're it's like you're admitting it to everybody. Like what John Cusack did. Tom Brady should be holding a boombox outside of Bill Belichick's house saying, please never go anywhere. Yeah, that's what, you know, system quarterback, (laughs) as I pointed out on Twitter. Then you have ESPN college basketball analyst Andy Kennedy was calling a game Tuesday. It's one of my favorite ones. Mm -hmm. And saw a cutout because people have cutouts, you know, during games to try to distract people. And it's a cutout of Ron Burgundy from Mm -hmm. Anchorman. And his play-by-play guy goes, hey, Andy, you recognize that guy? And he goes, is that Ron Jeremy? (laughs) And his play-by-play guy is just in stitches over it. And it's like, and he goes, where is your mind right now? And he goes, oh, it's the other Ron. I knew it was a Ron. (laughs) And Ron Jeremy is well-known for adult entertainment. Let's put it that way. So, um... That was a funny moment in the fact that that that's where his head went is to an adult entertainment star rather than a movie character. That's that's one of my favorite stories. Um, Me, the only Rons I'd get confused between would be like Burgundy or Reagan. That would be a good one. It was his birthday yesterday. Reagan, not Burgundy. <laughs> We're tracking Ron Burgundy's birthday at this point. Greg Popovich pulled the Greg Popovich in a press conference oh, yeah. the other day. Aren't aren't his the best? Mm-hmm. Like, well. He got asked, people ask dumb questions in press conferences, mm-hmm. I've heard it. And then Greg Popovich was asked, what do you do when LeBron takes over in a game? And Greg Popovich responded with, make sure we get good pictures. <laughs> Is that what you're expecting? He said, we try to prevent it. And if we could have tonight, we would have. And he goes, do you think about these all day, what kind of questions you ask? <laughs> Does anyone else have a question that makes sense? <laughs> I'm just like, he's so blunt and honest. It's like, I like that. I mean, he can sound like a jerk, mm-hmm. but that one was so good to me because it was such a dumb question. Mm-hmm. But it was just, he's just so, this was stupid. Why mm-hmm. did you ask this? I'm moving on to somebody else. And uh, that's, what, that's what I love about Greg Pop. That's exactly what we needed after realizing we're not going to get another next question uh, present from D'Antonio. Antonio. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. There's many memorable moments of Mark Mantonio. That is by far my most That's my favorite, favorite one. one. Feisty Mark. Yeah, he was. it was a press conference that lasted all of like two and a half minutes. <laughs> and it was just, I'm upset at the world right now. I don't care about your questions. Next question. Yeah, no, he's not going to play. Next question. Just, it was, How it big was were those one. plays at the end? They were big. Next they question. They were big. Next question. It's just... It was an epic moment in Mark's history, and if you haven't seen the clip, mm. be sure to Google it or go on YouTube. Um, Charles Barkley called the Sixers the softest, mentally weakest team that had a bunch of talent and called them the Cleveland Browns of the NBA. <laughs> Is that accurate in any way? <laughs> I think there's some truth to that. 
You, you Philly's can, going to the playoffs, uh, yeah. uh, but but both of them are way too talented to be underachieving it, like they are. Does. I mean, but that seems to go far. I mean, are, is I wouldn't any, call someone the Cleveland Browns. No, no. I mean, you could maybe the Jets. You maybe. Know? yeah. But the the Cleveland Browns is like you have to have a disastrous basketball team that's getting in trouble off the court mm. that are blowing games that they shouldn't be blowing like just dysfunctional where players are arguing you got to have a complete mess if you're going to call them the Cleveland yeah, the Sixers aren't a complete mess yet nah, yeah not yet there's still time I'm going to end it with prices at games for sporting events okay what is the most absurd price you think was at the Super Bowl for what? What what kind of service okay, are we talking okay, about? We're talking about food here. What okay. do you think was the most absurd thing? How much do you think a beer was at the game? A beer at the game, fifteen. Seventeen to eight, nineteen dollars. Oh boy. How much was a beef tenderloin sandwich? Um twenty three. Twenty eight dollars. A daiquiri was twenty two dollars. Popcorn, fifteen dollars. Oh a hot dog. $14. A burger, $16. <laughs> steak on a stick, $32. Steak on a stick, steak. what? Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. Apparently at, at Miami it is. You can take, a, they wrap a steak on your stick. That's brilliant. It's really cool, but $32. I, I mean, love a steak on a stick. It'd be like a corn dog, but with a steak. I mean, I didn't think someone would do this, but the L.A. Times literally sent someone, let's see what the prices are for everything. And they went around and took photos and put it up, uh, I think maybe on Instagram and Twitter. Wow. And it was just like, this is just robbery. <laughs> I mean, and if I'm going to pay $19 per beer, it mm. better be like the best beer I've ever had. <laughs> or if I'm going to pay $28 for a sandwich, this better be like an amazing sandwich. Mm-hmm. Or $15, $15 for a soda? Yeah. How? <laughs> I mean, and it's coming from, like, a fountain. Mm. It's not like this is, like, fresh, no. <laughs> like, right off the line. No, it's like it's from a tap, like McDonald's. That's what you're <laughs> going to get out of it. And it's just, it was highway robbery as I'm seeing this. Mm. And uh, that was by far more than any money I'd pay for anything. I mean, you go to, like, a Twins game or a Vikings game, beer is, like, 8 bucks, And it's already more expensive mm. than it should be. But $19? I mean, why? What do you think they would have charged the Super Bowl for that $27 boomstick hot dog the Twins have? Well, if it was in Miami, I'd say $30. It'd be at least. At yeah. least probably about 35 Yeah, and this is, I, I don't like pricing at games. I feel like they way overcharge you, mm-hmm. and that's what Miami did. And how much money do you actually think they made off this? Like, were that many people paying $28 for a sandwich? Mm-hmm. I imagine not that much. <laughs> So perhaps they overcharged you a little too much. And uh, so I'm going to end on that. High pricing at the Super Bowl was so bad that it's hard to describe. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. With that, we're coming up on 5 o'clock. Still got a minute left, 4.59. So that gives us time for Ryan to plug what's coming up okay. at the Mining Journal. Yeah, very well. Uh, let's see. Um, you know, Ryan Spitz is covering. He's at your Westwood game tonight. Is he really? So, is he feeling better? I know he got his wisdom yeah, he, yeah, out, his wisdom he's, teeth he's, out. Uh, I don't know if he's entirely at 100, percent but he's mm. enough where he can actually go cover well, a game good. Good and drive Spitz. a vehicle to get out there. Okay, good. Um, so um, he'll be in there. Uh, we'll have some other high school roundup games. He'll be in there. My column is about legacies. It's my Super Bowl column. I talked about anniversaries and the Super Bowl predictions. Now I'm going to talk about legacies for teams and coaches. That'll be my column um, for Monday's paper. I'll be at the enemy basketball games you'll get both of those and i'll be watching the mankato game on on saturday night so basically be a recap of what i saw on the tv so don't forget to dig up that normandale and i will find it and i hope i hope it's still online so if i can find that i'll I'll send it to you tanner hoops ryan stieg with you thanks for being with us here in espn up wzam ishba bing marquette